Hello and welcome to Arcade Couch, the best place to chill with your friends and get your gaming goodness every Saturday at 6am Australian Standard Time. I'm Ashley Hobley <laughs> and joining me today is Kieran Marchant. <laughs> what was that? What was just that? Just a brain aneurysm you is fine. Just, you just like, just cocked it halfway. Like, I sound bad, but at you, you've just made me seem so much better. So thanks. I mean... I normally don't have to say my name. You, you normally Dylan normally says my name. So don't you say your name for what's no. you know for what do you want to watch? No, I just use the same sound clip every week. Oh, you just use the same sound clip. Uh, yeah, I just cut it in. He just cut it in. He just doesn't even say his name on his. <laughs> no. That is uh, all right. We got another spicy couch. Like we got the whole. You know what, Dylan? Dylan saw the Borderlands segment of last week and was like, "Man, is these two... I'm out. He's <laughs> like, these two have got the chemistry down so well now. We don't have to worry. It's great. It's it's fantastic. Yeah, it's good to see the uh, show of faith. Uh, all right. On this today's show, Google makes a play to compete with arcade, Apple Arcade. <laughs> uh, the first steps taken to preserve Australian games. And we talk about the competing console videos that released this week. Uh, but first, let's jump into this Google story. Uh, so just this couple of days ago, Google announced a new premium subscription service called Play Plus. No, Play Pass. I just assume all these services have the plus on the end at this point. Oh, uh, it's called a pass of some kind. Yeah. Uh, launching in the US this week with over 350 games and apps. Uh, the service will cost $4.99 a month or $1.99 a month for 12 months through a limited offer. Uh, Google is also offering a 10-day free trial at launch. The cover acts the covers access to a uh, catalog of several hundred games and apps for up to six devices, with no microtransactions or ads. Uh, popular popular launch titles include Monument Valley 2, Stardew Valley, Terraria, Limbo, Death Squared, The Battle of Polytopia, This Is the Police, and more. The subscription also covers various premium apps, including weather, music, and fitness apps. Uh, the service is only available in the US at the moment, though it ha- Google does have plans to roll it out in other countries. Um, what are your initial impressions, Kieran? I mean, Apple Arcade has had like a massive, especially over this past week, has had a massive impact on the internet as far as mm-hmm. I can see. I've seen a bunch of tweets about people loving every single category, every single, nearly every single game on there. I think That's all Dylan talks about. It, Dylan is just, you know, this is going to become... The Apple couch. And if I wasn't sounding like terrible right now, I would do the Apple witch right now. But, you know, <laughs> I can't I can't put myself yeah. through that right now. Um, I think Google's approaching this probably in a bit of a different way than I would say uh, Apple's approaching it. Just because looking, simply looking at the list of games that has been potentially provided for it, like you've got bigger titles such as Limbo, Thimbleweed Park... Uh, Star Wars, Knights of the Old Republic. Um, yeah. Like, you have those more premium games on there, which are either, you know, those games have been done in from the full console games into ports for the mobile games. Um, so it looks like Google's running in this in a different way. I see Apple Arcade as something a little bit more uh, mobile game friendly, I would say, a little bit, just because I, I like that Apple Arcade has stepped out and picked up a lot of these more unknown developers or um, unknown mobile games and pulled them in and have this hundred. 
I think from this short list that we've got here already, I see a lot of games that are just bolstered by having these larger games among them. So it's an interesting concept. I'd like to see how Google does it a little more um, as well as their approach because I think for the Australian market, uh, Apple Arcade is actually really value for money just because of the price. Um, yeah. A lot of things that we get in the subscription model generally sucks just because it's normally 15 to $20. Um, so it will be interesting to see how it runs here in Australia. And also with um, Google, you know, running towards its own method of madness when it comes to what it's doing with its gaming side recently. Um, I'd be interested to see what it does. Yeah. I think, I feel like this is more of a, it's interesting. This is more of an original Netflix model. Yes. Where initially, originally netflix just bought a bunch of licenses for stuff and put it on the subscription service yeah exactly people's stuff had been around for years that people could view whereas apple arcade is more of a new original content netflix yeah no, where they've pretty much paid for all the new content so a lot yeah. of this stuff has been out for years you can also buy all this piecemeal you it's not like the apple arcade where none of it you can only play those games through subscription yeah. uh, which is a bit of a bonus uh for people who don't want to stay on the service but still like a certain game or something that's always good uh but uh the point that is causing a bit of issues among some developers online is that uh the way the uh payment will be passed out it just is going to be based on the amount of time spent in an app oh um, okay some, that's kind of crap yeah yeah so games that have like a single playthrough sort of thing or like you don't invest as much time like a Florence or something like that, where it's like two hours and you're done with the, the game experience. experience. We'll probably not get as much of the pie as some of the other games, unfortunately. Like you've got games like Stardew Valley and Terraria in this. So they're, you know, their experiences where set. you're spending large times, amounts of time building things and, and exploring. It's, it, it's interesting. I've, it's probably not going to affect. I feel like this is, well, one, developers don't need to be on the service if they think it, their game is not worth get, putting it on there for the past and they'd bank more money off just paying uh, being a premium product and be, having people buy the, the game completely uh but i mean uh, for some games that have re replayability and that sort of thing this would probably be a good thing or games that have been out on the market for a few years obviously and they're like oh we've already sort of made our money back i do feel this like this is an this doesn't scream to me as like being an original idea. This very much screams to me as a retort to Apple Arcade and like having Google or Android present its own version of it just because of what's gone in Apple Arcade, which, you know, might be completely wrong. Google may mm. have already have had this in the works. They may have already been planning this for a very long time. Just because they've come out after Apple Arcade and this yeah. list of games that they're presenting at the same time doesn't seem like it is curated to a point where it's specifically been curated for their system. It's just kind of seems like this is what we could get our hands on? Question mark? Yeah, well, I mean, it's the easiest way for them to do it, I guess. If stuff's already there, just make it free and then... yeah cut out all the microtransactions and then, you know, 
you've got a whole new service. It's pretty simple. Yeah, so... Uh, is this something you'd be interested in paying for or at least no. trying out when it comes to- no nah not a chance not a- I don't know why like I don't I don't mobile game very much at all um, for some reason I do think if I was part of the Apple family taking a bite of that you know poison piece of fruit um, I would probably be more likely to play games I don't know why um, but yeah no, not on my phone not on my Android at all no uh, I guess, yeah. Mobile games has gotten a bit of a boost, from, obviously, from the Apple Arcade thing, but I feel like for Android users, it's still not as big a thing. I just don't think um, it's... Um, like, I just couldn't imagine playing Thimbleweed Park or Stardew Valley or Star Wars KOTOR on, just on my phone. Like, no. I don't think I would... I, would, I could imagine myself sitting down... And playing a two-hour curated experience for a phone, you know, play Florence, play um, like a more story-driven game. I couldn't imagine just playing like one of these larger games while on my phone. Yeah, it seems an odd choice, but I mean, if that's the only platform you've got. Yep, if it's all you've got, good for you. Go for it. Uh, So in a bit of a follow-up to the... Uh, esports fixing story that we read up about a couple of weeks ago. Um, apparently, they did a 7.30 report uh, ABC story on it the other night, interviewing a bunch of people. Uh, but apparently, there was all the Counter-Strike stuff was uh, sort of the tip of the surface. Um, apparently, the reports include previously unannounced details, uh, including the figure that Australia- Victorian police believe that more than- as much as... Th- could have been won on the rigged Counter-Strike matches that triggered the first major esports integrity investigation in Australia. That's not the only juicy detail, though. Neil Patterson, the Assistant Commissioner of Victoria Police, told the ABC that he believed more esports corruption cases to emerge, and that was immediately followed by a paragraph suggesting that concerns had been raised around the ownership of an Overwatch contenders team. Uh... Victoria Police's Sporting Integrity Intelligence Unit had received reports of match-fixing in other Counter-Strike global offensive games and about organised crime links to the ownership of an Australian-based team that plays the Overwatch Contenders game. Uh, The team isn't named, although most of the teams in the Australian Overwatch Contenders League also have teams in other games. We are seeing people encroach on that area that have reputations that uh, mean they probably shouldn't be involved in this part of esports. Uh, the assistant commissioner is quoted as saying, um, as a person who used to be <laughs> huge in the Overwatch scene, is this uh, something to be a bit concerned about? The integrity um, of Overwatch and Overwatch. That's the. I can very much uh, understand the ability to be able to corrupt Counter Strike because I think Counter Strike has always been that way where. Uh, weapon skins have always been monetized and there's always been some kind of money flow in Counter-Strike in some way or another. Whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, I I don't know. Uh, And there's always been some kind of betting in terms of uh, you can bet either cash or betting, once again, weapon skins on esports games. So for the Counter-Strike, I think it's always been more prominent in that game. To think that overwatch could be pulled into this is really weird just because of the level of um interaction that 
Blizzard themselves have with the teams, uh, even down to on the contenders level where, you know, Overwatch Contenders is, even though in Australia it's we're not the biggest contenders region, it's a league that is sponsored by McDonald's. It has a proper professional casting from ESL. It has a very big budget leading to, you know, Melbourne Esports Open being the grand finals of the season, of one of the seasons each year. Um, it's interesting that there's links to corruption uh, that, you know, I think in Australia, because we have such stunted growth when it comes to esports and stunted growth comes to our organizations because it's there's there's so little money around for to be spread amongst everybody that I think it is fairly easy for the wrong people to get involved with esports teams and esports organizations. It happens around the world with different esports teams from the more from the European and CIS regions. Um, I mean, in sports in general, there are people who shouldn't be involved. Yes, that are involved. very much so. And so. I think because of the stunted growth, because of the restrictions that come with Australia, um, we are. We're very far away from everybody. Our internet fucking sucks. Um, but it, it's hard for us to grow our esports communities. And I think because of that, there are people getting involved with it that yeah, shouldn't. Or are more prying on the ability to be able to get into it um, and, and make some money out of it where they can. I think it's not the great. It's not the good thing. Like We don't want to see this. Um, the sheer amount of numbers that are coming out of these articles or these investigations is really poor. Um, and it, I think for Counter-Strike, it's really disappointing because Counter-Strike's in a position that isn't too good in general at the moment. So to see this in a negative light again, it's it's not good. Uh, another thing that we've pointed out is uh, that it's understood that bookmakers are uneasy that so many professional gamers and those who follow esports are under the age of 18. Mm-hmm. Uh, concern that underpins South Australia's decision to ban wagering on esports in 2016. Do you think there should be betting on esports at the moment, especially with such a young? Um, it's you're kind of betting on minors when you think about it. Yeah, like it. A lot. Or of, should there be a restrictions that people involved in the sheer average should be of 18 or older? Yeah, I think it, it depends. Like, um, for say the overwatch league which is the, the the large league in america they have you have to be 18 to be able to play in the overwatch league you can't be under that but contenders which is the tier two scene of overwatch it isn't and i think the problem is is that gambling no matter what is gonna probably happen i don't there'll always be some form of gambling whether that is gambling through actual cash or gambling through skins maybe um and yeah a lot of the time it is people who are under the edge because the you know the average uh use the average player for esports is you know generally in the lower end so that's a thing where there either has to be a complete like a complete blanket ban on esports betting either has to come in or is there, because I, I, what is there, I don't, and this is something I don't know, are there rules or laws when it comes to uh, betting on underage, say, football leagues and stuff? I don't think there is, like, obviously America would be the place to look, I don't think there's any betting 
on high school football games probably yeah. on college stuff but then again they're like 17 at the youngest i guess um but yeah obviously in australia there's not a culture of betting on like student games yeah, i guess like there's not a thing for you know betting on the tac which is the afl younger leagues or yeah or like the under 20s in the nrl yeah. or whatever yeah but then again it wouldn't also it wouldn't surprise me if there was some form of betting for them um yeah just not by like the huge betting agencies yeah be- just not like and i don't think the problem with esports is how many huge betting agencies are betting on esports now this can't be heaps i wouldn't say yeah, i think a lot of it would be esports specific betting which is already going to be fucking dodgy enough as it is um yeah. i i don't think there's anything set up because esports is so new and especially in australia it's so like it's so young that the systems around it are still growing um to a point that we are going to have these stunted problems growing because people are going to take advantage of it in its searing form at the moment. There's yeah. there's no, you know, there's no esports commissions of Australia. There's no, you know, even the equivalent of, say, ASADA for drug testing, for drug testing and everything. There's nothing like that to govern esports. So it's a whole new yeah. thing that needs to be looked at. And esports... no matter what even you know it's a sport people want to play it there's nothing we've ever done in the history of sport that is really like esports yeah so you know it's all about integrity in esports so (laughs) e-gamergate start it now Uh, that'll go down well uh moving on this past week it was announced by the national film and sound archive australia that they will be starting collecting australian video games for arcade archival purchases uh the announcement was made at the opening of the new game masters exhibit uh which will be at, in shown in canberra from the 27th of september to the 9th of march uh ceo uh jan Mueller of the ms has said today we welcome video games into our collection of more than three million items the collection represents the cultural diversity and breadth of experience of all australians it is constantly evolving just like our creative industries we aim to be the national leader in collecting multimedia and new content and it would be impossible to accurately represent mod life without games is essential that games be collected alongside other audiovisual media to ensure their continued preservation and access i think this is pretty cool um i remember going to the uh the national film and sound archives back when i was finishing year 12 we went on the big study tour to canberra and that kind of thing um and seeing all the old archival stuff old films and that kind of thing it was uh cool and knowing that they're being kept for future generations uh even just like basic stuff like rotating animations and that kind of thing uh being kept there so to see video games being kept as well especially the list that i'll cover over in a sec uh, some some of them are a bit older some of them are a bit newer but uh, it's cool to know that they're being held in the same regard as some of the films and tv shows of yesteryear as well so it's nice to see an organization like NFSA that is adopting and acknowledging video games at such a early period because a lot of these organizations are generally run by older generations. Um, it's probably the easiest way to say that. Like there's generally 
a lot of these things where we're like, we need video games to be looked at. Like even from like, say a government purpose where it's like, we need people to recognize video games. We really don't have a hope for another 10, 15 years for somebody to be in a position of power within the government that understands what video games are, because it's just the cycle of what's people going through and people, the people grow who have grown up with video games and understand video games are, still coming through that system so even just to have it even if it's just a small thing for them to start collecting games i think it's a fantastic um sign of the change of perception about gaming in australia because i think the hardest thing about australia is uh gaming is still seen as something that is very juvenile um something that is very uh, kids do it it's you know like that perception isn't in the fact that esports is making money or that it's an art form um so it's 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 really nice to see an organization take a take an actual uh look at games in general and start taking them in yeah uh so they've announced eight games that they're going to be initially putting into archive uh, the first is The Hobbit from 1982, created by Beam Software. It was like a text sort of adventure game back mm-hmm. for the uh, Commodore 64 and a bunch of other platforms, the BBC Micro and the Oryx computers. Um, it was, yeah, an illustrated text adventure version of the book The Hobbit, obviously, uh, done by, yeah, Beam Software, who later became Chrome Software. Uh, there's also Alien Carnage, which was a side-scrolling platform game that was also called Halloween Harry. Apparently, it was changed to Alien Carnage because they thought people were thinking it was just a Halloween thing. So that's why the sales were not going going so well. Like, (laughs) they buy it during Halloween or only play it during Halloween. So yeah, they changed them to Alien Carnage. Uh, It's like a side-scrolling shoot-em-up by uh, Interactive Binary Illusions and Sub-Zero Software. Uh, Also, Shadowrun. Uh, the initial Shadowrun put on Super Nintendo uh, was done by Beam Software in 1993. I didn't realize Shadowrun was kind of an Australian game. Well, That's pretty cool, obviously. Kind of, yeah. I mean, it's based on, obviously, a tabletop game from America, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah. And the, believe so. obviously the returns and the more recent games have been made in America, but that that's still a nice touch. It's pretty cool. Uh, next up, a bunch of, a few more games that more recent uh la noir from team bondi from 2011 is being put in there uh submerged from upper cup games uh from 2015 is going in as well as hollow knight from team cherry uh in which came out in 2017 florence by mountains uh from 2018 and the upcoming espy vr operative by digital load uh which is still on pre-order at the moment hasn't come out yet uh, that's going to be going into the archives. So Interesting. That, that's a nice variety of games. Um, is there any game that you can think of that is missing? Or you would have figured would be I always, amongst that initial I list? don't know if it's necessarily Australian, but for whatever reason, I always connect Bioshock as an Australian-made game. And I don't yeah. know why. But it, uh, yeah, I always connect to Aust- Bioshock as an Australian main game. So if anything, when I go for more recent stuff, I would yeah definitely say Bioshock needs to go in there. Yeah. Uh, to me, why isn't Tide the Tasmanian Tiger there? 
That well, seems like the most yeah. obvious, most Australian game. Maybe it's a bit too on the nose. That's why it's not on there. It probably is a little bit too on the nose. Or, or like uh, some sort of like sports, Australian sports game. Like uh, AFL 96 or something. No, we should get AFL one. Live. That game was so good. Yeah, it was the so good. It needs to be kept. so great. Kept, kept in our archives for the future generations to appreciate. Oh, freaking Ricky Ponting's cricket. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> Shane Warne Cricket. Yes, <laughs> Shane Warne Cricket 99. Uh, Next year. Yikes. You heard it here first, and if SA, heard. please. You heard it here first, y'all. You heard it here first. You heard it here first. So, yeah. Uh, so, if you're in Canberra in the next uh, five to six months, go check out the National Film and Sound but Archive. But if, you, if you're not the- in Canberra in the next five to six months, you should... Understandable. You should go jump, I guess. What? <laughs> Fucking you know. can just not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So during this week, uh, during the United Nations Climate Action Summit, twenty-one gaming companies, including Sony and Microsoft, announced that an industry-wide initiative to combat climate change called "Playing for the Planet." Uh, in what could be considered a brilliantly timed PR move or an earnest effort to change the tides of global climate catastrophe. These companies have made pledges ranging from reducing supply chain emissions by 30% by 2030 to, a little less impressively, putting green nudges into games plots. Uh, Playing for the Planet says commitments they received from gaming companies will help reduce CO2 emissions by the 30 million tons by 2030. Uh, so a couple of the major announcements uh that was in the playing for planets press release uh sony interactive entertainment will unveil new progress and plans to utilize energy efficient technology on track to avoid 29 million tons of uh, carbon dioxide emissions by 2030 to introduce low power suspend mode for the next generation for playstation to assess and report the carbon footprint and to educate and inspire the gaming community to take action on climate change uh, Microsoft will announce the expansion of its existing operational commitment to carbon neutrality established in 2012 into its devices and gaming work. It will set a new target to reduce its supply chain emissions by 30% by 2030, including end of life de- for devices and to certify 825,000 Xbox consoles as carbon neutral in a pilot program. In addition, Microsoft will engage gamers in sustainable efforts in real life through the Minecraft Build a Better World initiative, which has seen players take more than 20 million in game actions uh google stadia which is set to launch later in the year will produce a new sustainable game development guide as well as funding research into how green nudges can be effectively incorporated in the gameplay uh supercell will offset the entire footprint of their community rovio will offset the carbon impact from their players changing charging their devices and cybo and space ace will offset 200 percent of their studio and game mobile energy use Guidance documents will assist other companies to take similar actions. Uh, Wildworks will integrate restoration effort elements in games. And like Green Man Gaming, they will focus on restoring some of the world's forests with major tree planting initiatives. Ubisoft will develop in-game green themes and source materials from eco-friendly factories. And Sports Sports Interactive will eliminate 20,000 tons of packaging by switching from plastic to a recycled alternative for all future football manager releases <laughs> i mean it's uh, is this is this more than just a pr move is this i think it's a good start i think um now i'm gonna quickly just as a psa buddy what's if you're listening take your headphones off 
come back in like two minutes when I stop talking about this. Um, but we just save the world by killing brick and mortar stores. Uh, we just get rid of them all. <laughs> we just get rid of them all and we switch to wow. digital only games. And then there's no more need. There's just no more need for... No, know. because then you still need the power to download all those games. That's fine, but we don't And then have... you need to run all these things so you have all the thi- all the clouds. But that's running. fine. We'll make clouds. It's going to be just as bad. No, no. We will no longer need cars and trucks delivering to, to stores. We'll no longer have plastic that is made of boxes and the wrapping that goes around the boxes we no need we no longer need cds made we will no longer need the paper that goes in the boxes we no longer need the receipt paper they'll no le- no longer need to do there's like, there's so much that needs to welcome back buddy by the way you didn't miss anything um you know we didn't need you know we just get rid of brick and mortar and we saved the world you just said welcome back and then you said the thing that <laughs> Right, so you came back too early, bud. I'm sorry. Um, I mean, think of all me. the jobs. I mean, all the unemployed people are not doing green stuff. What do we want? Employed just... people or saving the world? Come on, think about it, people. <laughs> That's such a bad comment. <laughs> oh, I do feel bad. Whenever I talk about brick and mortar stores, I do understand the uh, the weight of uh, people's jobs that is very much on the line in this, but... I think this is a good step. I do think these are good steps um, for the like everybody has to be acceptable or accountable in some ways. That doesn't mean we get rid of straws like some places have in America where they ban the straw. But I think everybody needs to make, you know, make decisions and choices that will have a positive impact on the world rather than just be like, fuck it, let's just do whatever we want. I mean, yeah, it's an interesting climate, uh, to use a pun, uh, at the moment of I just, people who are pro-environmental stuff and people who are just angry at these, environmental um, people for no apparent reason. These, they're just trying to escape Greta. Is that her name? Is that the little girl's name? Yeah. Yeah. They're just like, no, we don't want none of that shit. That's scary. Um, we'll do the right thing. And we'll just we'll just put our head in the sand. That's what we'll do. Yeah, exactly. No, I think um, I think it's good to see companies doing this. The range of activities, the games like was it Ubisoft? You said is going to put in green friendly like items or whatever to buy in game, and it's like okay, yeah. Like you can either there's there's two ways they can go about it, and I think one way is better than the other. They can either in game promote. Uh, you know, healthy, uh, wor- like healthy systems that can benefit the world and teach people about protecting the world, or people can actually commit to changing their the way they do things that will have a positive impact on the world. And I think that's a lot better. If you could say this is what we're going to do to improve, even if you're going to be like, we can't do this for, for like, we'll do it in the next three years, and you're like, sweet. Do it in the next three years. Sure. I just don't think it is very much of a commitment to say, we'll put this stuff in our game. I just don't think it. you commit to it like that. I think you actually have to make a difference in your in what I mean, you have control what? over. You don't think if in the next Rabbit Games there's like a tree planting mini game that's going to have an effect on people? A positive no. environmental effect? Not at all. No. Not at all. I don't know. Not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, I think this is good. I don't... I, Honestly, I don't care if it is a PR move. I think if you can do something good 
and you get even if you do get some positive buzz out of it that's great you're still doing something good so um it's it that's the issue i have with all this climate denial i think people is like so what if we make some changes it, who who cares if it was not if the world is not ending you know still make some changes if, if still do some good. who cares if climate change is not a thing is it really too such a terrible thing if we do such some good things for yeah, the environment exactly it's, yeah. it's not either way it's a good thing yeah uh notable absences of course from this uh list were nintendo take two interactive and activision blizzard and king four of the biggest game companies uh so come on pick up your that's guys fair. that's fair <laughs> So the new new Mario Kart Tour mobile game coming out today. Uh, I've only played like an hour and a bit. It's not too bad. It's like not the best thing. Your voice went really high when you said not too not bad. So I'm bad. I'm gonna lean towards it's bad. I mean, it's an interesting control scheme. Um, there is no accelerating. Oh, it's, it's just, just auto. Oh god. Yeah, and then you just obviously move side to side. Oh, and so they've just tried to make, like, the Mario run, but it's cut. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, there's two steering systems. There's either a drifting version or a just basic move to the side. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the drifting is a little bit harder, but you get the bonus of getting to do get drift boosts and that yep. kind of thing. Yep. Um, I can't tell if I'm racing against other people or I'm racing against the computer. Uh, Which is- loading is it- very quickly. <laughs> Isn't that just the Which, normal what it normally happens with these kinds of games though when they're initially launched? That's true, but they uh, like generate names for all the people you're racing against. Yeah, I don't well, know whether it's this it's is bo- this is uh, battlegrounds all over again, player unknown, where everybody yeah like, maybe <laughs> I won my first game. Wow, maybe like, until yeah. they've started off, but yeah, uh, there's like a bunch of cups to complete. Uh, you get points depending on what character you use and that kind of thing you unlock drivers you get points based um, on what character you used Is yeah like if you use a certain character who's that if you use the favorite character for that track you get more points than you would if oh, you used okay. a different person and you can also level up your car to, so it earns more points every time you race right and that kind of thing this this, this uh, scares me as if it's so you know, feels yeah like- so you have to you have to so to unlock more cups. You have to reach a certain point threshold, and then oh, you get a bunch of stars. This is, this is getting yeah. scary. I don't think I'm explaining it greatly, <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then obviously you can unlock different drivers by using. You get rupees. You can either buy them or earn them, uh, and then you like do like one of those loot box esque. Wait, is in rupees and Zelda rupees? Yeah, kind of. What the fuck? What the crap? A little bit of mixed messaging, but um, yeah. I mean, it's. It, I've only played it a little bit. It seems all okay. The controlling is not incredible. I'm not. Uh, it, there's still items and everything. Uh, there's screams. Com- they're all new tracks. It so. screams microtransactions to me. Like it just it does, but of- I, I they, they haven't been hitting me too hard with them. Uh, I, I, if I wanted to unlock every single drive driver possible out the gate. Yeah. Then yes, that I would imagine. But would how be. long would it take you to unlock them manually? This is always the. I have no idea. I've already unlocked three of. Wow. Uh, twenty. So. Oh, okay. I've only played for an hour and a bit, but then they give you like two right off the bat. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, three off the bat, really. Yeah. Because <laughs> they ask you to unlock one straight away. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, it'll be more interesting once multiplayer is involved. You can race against your friends and that kind of thing, compare point totals and that kind of thing. So uh, early days, but I would say I wouldn't be surprised if it ends up being super popular. There's enough there for... It's not Mario Kart 8. Yeah, well, of course, fine. you'd be... You'd be uh, a little bit short-sighted to expect that. Um, yeah. Also, it's only in portrait mode. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah this is, so, it's slightly different look to everything, but... What's the yeah. the art style? Is it, like, 2.5D or is it 3D the whole time? No, it's, or? like, pretty 3D. Uh, okay. Reasonably 3D. Um, like, it... It's not as beautiful as Mario Kart 8, but it still looks pretty solid. Can you, like, can you screw up a turn? Like, say if yeah. you, you can. No, like, you. so far, I haven't gone off an edge. That's what, that's like, the, the thing. The like, no. what I imagine is, like... There are a lot of visible walls. Okay. From what I can tell. Okay. But maybe that's just because I'm on, like, 50 CCs at the moment. Yeah. Very basic. But then... You don't want to, especially in this game where the turning is not terrible, not yeah, incredible, incredible, and your auto. Well, because I would there's imagine there's no braking. It was almost like an auto runner, but you just have to move like left and right. I don't know. Yeah, it is a little bit. How but does, it's a bit more? How, obviously, it's just, a bit more complicated. How can you make a competitive game where you don't control the acceleration? Like you're literally almost leaving it to the luck well, of the draw. It's like of trying items. to find the best line. The best. If line. everybody's got the same start. Plus items. Yeah, it's, yeah, but that's the thing. You're just getting on luck of the draw of what items you're going to get. I don't know. This sounds weird. Yeah, it does sound... But I'll pull back in a few... Maybe in the next update or something when they unlock a bit more stuff. Uh, you played the Call of Duty Modern Warfare beta. I did. I did. Uh, I downloaded on PC, it on I'm my PC. Guessing. I did. I downloaded it on my PC over the weekend to give it a try. Um, yeah. I haven't played a Call of Duty multiplayer in what feels like three to five years. Like, it felt like a very long time since I played Call of Duty properly. Um, the normal standard multiplayer is very Call of Duty-esque. I think the time to kill, so the amount of time, like, there isn't much time to react. So if somebody sees you first, you're dead very quickly um, and you have to die very early. So I think that it, maybe I just wasn't getting used to it in the couple of maps we played of the normal mode. I just thought, you know, as soon as if you saw somebody else first, they were going to die. There was no opportunity to retaliate. There was no opportunity to outplay them. I guess the map we played varied from very small or very big. Um, and there's only a couple of maps to play. What we did play the most of um, from my friends is there's now called Ground Wars where Call of Duty is trying to be Battlefield. Where it's like flat out a massive map with 64 players and there's points to capture, there's vehicles to get in and fight. There is a whole range of like tanks and helicopters and moving to attack points. I enjoyed that more than I enjoyed the normal gameplay mode, but... It was like they built this mode without taking any notice of Battlefield. Like, they just haven't... There's just little things that you would think they would take on board from the Battlefield games. Like, so the the system of... You could pretty much respawn fairly quickly after you die. 
and you can respawn with a team or on a team very quickly. And there was moments where I think I killed the same person four times in a row because they would just die and then respawn on their friend in the same spot and then come back. <laughs> and then they'd eventually kill me. And it was just like the system hadn't been thought out enough. So obviously I hope the beta helped them learn a lot. There was only one map for that, which is just a very large industrial area. Um, that was very call of duty. Um, and the guns felt pretty good. The guns felt like call of duty guns. I don't think there was anything that I would, you know, necessarily write home about or would make me want to get involved with the Call of Duty multiplayer scene. It felt like a tight multiplayer. Um, it just wasn't my sort of multiplayer. And I was really iffy um, on what I was going to do with Call of Duty Modern Warfare until I watched State of Play earlier, which we'll talk about in just a second. I think if there is another beta before it comes out, I think definitely people should jump in and try it um, and experience it. I think the guns and the loadouts were good. Um, it, it's 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 an interesting point of Call of Duty for the last couple iterations have been very um, arcade in terms of you have jetpacks and wall running and you have different operators that have different abilities, very much in the middle of Rainbow Six Siege. And that kind of, that stuff's gone away back to the original kind of setting for Call of Duty. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how it goes in the current climate of video game multiplayers. Cool. So, sounds like more Call of Duty. Sounds like more Call of Duty, you know. Talking to the best person I can about first-person shooters, Ashley Hobley, the mastermind behind yep. pointing and clicking and shooting. I know them shooting games. You know them shooters, you do, buddy. You do. All right, let's move on. (laughs) (laughs) Through random happenstance, there happen to be two videos uh, released this week from the two major gaming console companies. Uh, we had an inside Xbox, and then we also had a state of play. Um, in the inside Xbox, I know I'm not an X- Xbox person, so I might be a bit biased, uh, but there wasn't a lot new in there. Uh, probably the biggest announcement is that they're going to be bringing uh, Project X Cloud to beta, I guess it's probably or preview uh, to the US and the UK and Korea. Uh, if you don't know, Project X Cloud is the on streaming service that uh, Xbox is doing to allow you to stream Xbox to whatever device you want, your mobile phone, your laptop, your tablet. Those are probably the three options. Um, is, it, is it exciting for you to see that the, we're getting towards a place where this is going to become a thing? Or uh, it's like, it doesn't matter, I'm in Australia. In, 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 so yeah, it's, it's one of those things where it's very much Australia just does not have the infrastructure to support these kinds of systems i'm excited in general that they are doing this i think it's a really good step for microsoft to get ahead of the game once again because microsoft do these infrastructure settings so and like setups and uh implementations so much goddamn better than anything sony does in the same kind of vein um that I think this is a good step for them to be 
going into the next gaming generation. Um, I think it's really good that they're doing this now. Seems cool. I mean, we'll, we'll see how good it actually works. Uh, especially launching, I guess, a beta before Stadia kicks off is probably important for them as well. Yes. Yep. And even from a point of, you know, you said you weren't sure, you might have been a bit biased. I didn't realize that Inside Xbox had happened. Because I don't <laughs> think I had read anything about it. I thought it was still... Because of something that was talked about, uh, well, something that was teased, um, that everybody thought was going to be at state of play, and then let's just say, let's just say it, Batman. Batman. Everybody Batman, thought Batman, the Quantum Games from state WB of play. in Montreal was going to be announced today, either state of play or possibly this. It was not announced today, and I didn't realize inside Xbox had it happen because I was like, oh yeah, it could happen at Xbox then. If it happens, happens at the state of play, and then to find out that. No, Inside Xbox happened, and it was not there, is absolutely crazy. So, fucking, what the hell is going on? Hey, what the hell? Montreal doing another Batman game? Fucking hell, I thought Arkham Knight was the end of it. Um, Alright, we're going on a fucking, we're going on a Batman Yeah, let's go on the tangent. Let's go, let's go, go on the, ta- the Batman standard. Because, as it is, I'm really fucking hyped for the teaser. So, Freddie, we didn't see... Uh, it was Batman Day the other day, and uh, one of the uh, was it Montreal themselves released yes. a tweet where it was a short video where it was a video of the Batman symbol being put up on a building, but at various points throughout the um, video, little symbols would flash up on the screen and disappear. Yes, um, it was very quickly those images were seen. People weren't really sure. And then it now comes forward that this is going to be about the Court of Owls, which is fucking dope because it's one of the coolest Batman stories. To be fair, this is all still. This is all still, still speculation. Speculation. Still speculation. I think but and the hype train went in overdrive, and that's why everybody <laughs> thought it was going to be announced during because State of Play. why would it tease something like this? And it not be happening at one of these two events. Like, why would they tease it and not be announced straight away? Like, like, but the thing is, like, why would they, like, have, like, such... And it isn't even, like, a big tease. Like, it isn't even, like, it's such a little tease. So normally when companies do these little teases, it is fairly soon followed by some kind of teaser trailer or something bigger to kind Mm. of... I don't know. Uh, Obviously, the one I'm thinking of straight away is like the Kojima thing for um, Metal Gear Solid Five. Oh, uh, yeah. They always started teasing that out ages before yeah, that came out. But I don't see. So, I don't know because they've been so they've been so quiet on it. Like they've been WB Montreal has been so quiet on whatever the fuck they're working on. It's been what two E3s that we've been like they're going to show something here now, and they're well, like Rocksteady or anybody, yeah, yeah, Rocksteady or anybody is going to show, and to have them I mean, WB all the WB games pretty much, yeah, they and still then, don't know anything about that. Harry Potter I get game. it, I get it that it was Batman that they're coming out with, but at the same time, I'm like, you guys should have just fucking not done that if you're gonna if you're gonna force gamers. I mean, it to, was Batman Day. It was so. Batman Day, but. I think they have, I think they've kind of like the, because of how gamers are, because we're idiots as a collective, the wave of hype about this Batman game rose and it has quickly soured because everybody's been like, wait, what the fuck? We're not getting any information about this. That fucking sucks. 
I like, mean, to be fair, there's a very valid reason why it wasn't in the set of play, I'm assuming. Well, yeah. Which we'll yeah. get to in a sec. Um, when do you expect we'll see? Like Game Awards at the latest? Game Awards, that's what I'm yeah, thinking. I think Game Awards... Unless there's be. something... Unless that or they just drop a trailer. Yeah. I would prefer it if they randomly dropped a trailer. Because I think waiting Game Awards is still so far away. Um, yeah, you don't want to be overshadowed by potentially something else there as well. So mm-hmm. yeah, although yeah. what could be bigger than a new Batman game? What could be bigger? Or Gotham game? A Court of Owls. But yeah, Batman game. Yeah, but yeah. Listen to this week's Platinum Explosion. We talked about this rumor extensively there, with the assumption that we would be in state of play, <laughs> and then it wasn't. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, other interesting bits of news from this inside Xbox: Atlas is coming to Xbox Game Preview. Uh, if you don't know, Atlas is uh, yikes. See a thieves, crashed and realistic. <laughs> it crashed and burned so badly. Yeah, this it's is... interesting that they pushed this. This was like one of the big r- reveals. But looking at the Steam reviews, yeah, no, Atlas was bad. Not pretty. Atlas was um, in a lot of controversy when it first came out on PC due to uh, streamers being provided with like private servers and stuff, but nobody really telling anybody that that was the case um so the experience was very different for people it was yeah there's a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths from from the old atlas yep uh then coming to xbox game pass for pc dirt rally 2 bad north city skylines and saint rose 4 re-elected so have that looked forward to they did a children of motra trailer showcasing some of the family members you can play in this uh story-driven action rpg uh, there was a trailer. There was a little trailer for Code Vein in which they just showed off two of the uh, enemies you could encounter. That was it. Awesome source. They'd, I think they just showed graphics of the two villains you could fight. So, you know, there's that. Uh, they did have an interview with the senior narrative director for uh, The Outer Worlds, uh, which is got me hyped. We're only a month out. Outer Worlds coming. Are you going to buy Game gonna, Pass? Are you going to buy Game Pass so you can play Outer Worlds? I mean, that, that would be the cheaper option, wouldn't it? So Yeah, it really would. It would, so I'm, I'm thinking about it. I do have an Xbox One in the house, so... Oh my God, look at you go! Just, you could yeah. probably get like for a dollar. You could dollar it up. I know. Wait, uh, there was a Hitman 2 DLC preview, Felix the Reaper preview, After Party preview, Ace Combat 7 Skies Unknown trailer. I didn't realize Ace Combat had come to Xbox. Yeah. Or maybe it's just about to. So. It's just about to, I think. And no, it's a Livonia. Yeah. Livonia? Or trailer. Which is amazing because Daisy in Australia is non existent. Yep. Uh, and then, of course, they can just re- release more, some more details about uh, XO19, which will be in London on November 14th. So that'll be probably the next time we talk about Xbox on this show. <laughs> wow all right uh, let's move wow. into the state of play um can i say i hated this presentation like, it was not gr- like i really hated great. this presentation like what why, why did you hate it the chick's voice really annoyed me like the way it was like i don't know i feel like nintendo do it really well with their nintendo directs like even if they have the cheesy voiceover, it's a it's an understandable and good cheesy voiceover. It this just felt like too much like in flight entertainment for a plane 
I don't know why, it just did. And I don't feel yeah. like there was much actual substance here. It was almost like, fuck, we need to have something ready for The Last of Us that we need to announce because it's got a really fucking weird release date. So here's some other stuff as well, I guess. That's fair. I, I mean, the voice is fine. I think it'd be... It would help if she had a little bit more personality. Yes, very. But she much. is just there to get you from trailer to trailer, so I can't complain too much. Yes, you can. <laughs> I can't. You can. You're more than welcome to complain as much as you like. Yeah. Uh, the first thing they showed us is a game called Humanity, which is coming from Enhanced Games, who previously did Tetris Effect and Res Infinite. Uh, it's going to be a PSVR compatible title. It looks weird as fuck. <laughs> um apparently the inspiration so i'm reading from the playstation blog the inspiration of our game humanity came from thinking of how a transcendental uh being would interpret human-like behavior in the same way we humans interpret bird flocking with boids uh you can think of these transcendental beings however you like aliens gods future ai etc point is i wanted to explore how we humans in our society will look in an outside form of intelligence and how we would simulate human group behavior um, so it's a human behavior simulator, apparently. Uh, and it just looks like a bunch of humans walking all over the place. It's very, it reminded me of like lemmings or there's like the parts where they're like fighting each other was kind of weird as well. Cause I was like, oh, is this like a battle simulator? Is this like a weird, like, I, you know what? When it first came on, I was like, is this dreams? Is this something somebody's created with dreams and it's just weird or... Nope, it's a full game. I was, yeah, super confused by it. Yeah. Uh, I think we need a bit more concrete information about this one. Uh, next up, they showed a story trailer for Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Which got me pretty um, hyped. Not gonna it lie. Got, I think it got most people pretty hyped. I mean, it was a pretty solid trailer. It looked like a full-on... If that had been a trailer for a TV show, I'd be like, cool, I might watch that. Like, there is a special place in my heart for Captain Price. Like, just from Call of Duty 4. And I'm like, yep, no, that's fucking Captain Price. I'm in. Let's go. This sounds good. Yeah, all right. I'm good. I'm excited. Interesting. Maybe I would. No, no, you know, the multiplayer didn't capture me, but that as a story trailer. Yeah, no, it seemed pretty good. Yeah, it seems like they're doubling down on the campaign in this one. Like, even from a pure graphical point, it looked pretty. Impressive. It looked really good. Like the the character models looked really good, in my opinion. Like some of the face facial animations looked really nice to look at, and really actual interesting characters. I appreciate that they didn't uh, shoehorn like a famous. Actor yeah, correct, well. correct. So, which they have been that. known to do in the past. Yeah, a lot. Um, next up, we had. Uh, Watam, the Watam, the uh, game from the creators of uh, Katamari Damacy. Seems okay. to be, it. I saw it described <laughs> by the Easy Allies as uh, a strand game, like uh, Death Stranding, because you go around and like connect people. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, I hope people who are excited for that game were really pumped up by that trailer because I was like, okay, it's uh, cool. All right. Yep. Yeah, I have no idea what this game is <laughs> or what. 
what you're going to do. You seem to be, people want to blow each other up, apparently. They're asking you to kaboom with me, please. Um, and the, I mean, they're kind of cute figures, I guess, kind of. The guy took his hat off and then a stick of, like, dynamite fell out of under his hat and it blew everybody up. But then there was two other characters come out of nowhere and they're laughing about it. And I was like, I have no idea what's going on. Yeah, it's an odd one. Uh, then next we had, uh, what was it called? Wasn't it Arise next or was it Civ? Yes. Uh, Arise, a simple story, uh, which looks super impressive. It, it, mm. It's got a very cool art style. Um, apparently it says you have to relive the best and worst moments of a hero's life as he journeys through the afterlife. Uh, but being printed, published by Techland Games. So yeah. I thought that looked pretty impressive. It gave me a very journey vibe, which I was yeah, excited me. Which you know, it's it seems like it's going to be a cool experience to play through. Yeah. Uh, then we got La Noir, the PSVR or VR case files is coming to PSVR. I thought this had been out on PSVR already. Apparently, it's just on been on Steam. Oh really? So, I yeah. had either completely forgotten about it that there was VR files for. Play Noir or yeah it's kind of weird yeah uh so then we, we got a couple of different psvr titles uh there was gone which is the gladiator sim gladiator sim from uh Devolver. which is a fantastic vr game it's really good it looks pretty impressive i they're just beating shit up it looks cool it's it's really uh, fun there was after the fall which is from the creator of uh arizona sunshine that looks pretty cool as well uh, if you're into that kind of thing, apparently you have a Walkman that turned into a rocket launcher and other unique weapons so you can hu- battle huge mutated creatures in a post-apocalyptic LA. It uh, is very much so. turning into any PlayStation event is turning into, now's the section where we're going to so- show you a heap of VR stuff back to back to back, which is... I mean, they kind of have to. They have to, but at the same time, it doesn't make the VR trailers seem... Uh, important because it's kind of like it doesn't seem like they're important enough to have their own spot to have like to be features almost like a full game I still just get the vibe that these are just experiences um, which I don't I don't know I don't think it helps VR at all yeah um, we got the previous mentioned Espire 1 VR operative uh, which looks like a cool stealth game in VR Um, I think it was meant it's coming to HTC as well but uh, to have it confirmed for PSVR is pretty cool. Um, we'll see how stealth works in PSVR. I think that could be troublesome, but um, if they found a solution, cool. It looked kind of like a Splinter Cell S game, except you also climb up walls like Spider Man, I guess. With cool sticky gloves or something. <laughs> yeah, got that going for it. Also had Stardust Odyssey, which seemed like some sort of space sim. Uh, like, yeah, like a space kind of weird space fantasy uh, game. It looks interesting. <laughs> uh, and then they had, uh, what was it? Civ uh, 6 was somewhere in there. No, uh, so then they had Space Channel 5 VR Kind oh, of okay. funky news flash, I think, is a dancing game. You think, I have no idea. I love it that you have to think it's that. You're like, oh, I don't know what the fuck that is. 
Yeah. Uh, then, out now, medieval demo, um, for a game, I don't know, some sort of skeletons involved. Uh, um, like, is, is, like, Don the main character? Don? Uh. Fortescue? Uh, Motescue, yeah. Motescue. Don Motescue. Don Montescue. I really, sort of skeleton I've not heard anybody talk about this game. Like, what the fuck is no, it's, this it's, game? It's an odd one. It's, you know... If, they're pushing um, it very hard, but nobody seems to be talking about it. If you want to... Um, if you're a fan of Don Montesquieu, or Montesquieu, however you say it, maybe get in contact with us. We'll get you on the show next week. Um, you can jump on the couch and talk to us about Don's talk adventure. Talk about this medieval. Medieval, getting the helmet of the Don. Yeah. Yep. Uh, then we got Civilization Six coming to PlayStation 4. Uh I don't think PlayStation is the best place to play it, but if that's the only place you can play it, good for you. Good for you. Great for you. Civ's a great yep. game. If you've never played Civ, you should yeah, play Civ. Yeah, a great game. I mean, again, probably best played on PC. <laughs> Very much so, but, you know, if you I mean, could only get to it on PlayStation, you like those, you can join the weird kids that play Overwatch on PlayStation. Okay, then we got a new... Uh, PlayStation Pro, uh, Death Stranding Collector's Edition, no, Collector's Edition PlayStation Pro, uh, where you get like a yellow translucent controller. I fucking thought this controller looked dope. Like just the controller itself, I was like, that looks fucking good as. I was kind of creeped out when I thought there was going to be a baby inside of it. I was like, oh. I mean, I'm disappointed there's not a baby in it. Y- you would like think. Like one side could have just had a baby face on like. <laughs> creepy as fuck. <laughs> it would have been. It would have been great. Um, but no, it's just translucent. Did like you think we were going to get... On the touchpad. Did you think we were going to get more about Death Stranding? Um, no. No? It was we just... just had TGS where they released every possible piece of news without pretty well, much putting out the game. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> or a fair, fair amount of game. Um, but then also it's like a white PS4 Pro with the, like the black hands mm. all the mm. tie hands all over it so I mean it's a striking striking looking PlayStation Pro it's Give a it weird that. time to be buying a PlayStation Pro though it is <laughs> <laughs> uh, then they showed a story trailer for After Party which is from the people who bought you Oxenfree this looks great uh, I know for a fact it is coming to Xbox Game Pass but is uh, it weird after Party was featured here as well as Inside Xbox. It was, yeah. Yeah. They also was. had a like dev interview in the ex- Inside Xbox. So yeah, interesting that they went to both. Um, yeah, this looks great. I'm, I'm, I think it's probably one of the most anticipated games for the rest of the year, in my opinion. This was a really good trailer as well. Like yep. setting up, it looks very good and uh, set up the plot where you pretty much have to drink uh, Satan under the table. Who doesn't want to do that? I could do I'll be it. practicing at PAX. Oh, yeah, he will. <laughs> and then he'll be trying to break into his hotel room after it. Sorry, Simon. Uh, then we got news on what's going to be the PS Plus games for this month. Uh, MLB The Show 2019. Uh, I guess it makes sense timing-wise. I think the baseball season in America has just started. And I'm sure The Show 2020 is going to be coming out soon. I'm keen for this. I mean, just having a... Now I don't have to buy a baseball game and I've got one there. Anytime I feel like hitting balls. 
Hit I don't the have to go down to the the, the batting cage. And joining into America's favorite pastime. Yeah. Baseball. Baseball. Yep. Yep. Uh, then we got, they also announced that Last of Us Remastered will be the other PS Plus game. Uh, pretty big get. Uh, I'm surprised it hadn't been on PS Plus. I was surprised it hadn't been on PS Plus, but at the same time, it's going to, yeah, they would save it till just before the... No, you saved it till just yeah. now. But yeah. Uh, if you haven't played Last of Us, play Last of Us. And if you haven't heard Buddy Watson talk, you should play the Last of Us multiplayer. It's like, it is one of like the best multiplayers for any... You know, most multiplayers, and I was talking about this the other day, uh, was it last week, week before, where normally multiplayers tacked onto a single player experience fucking suck. Last of Us is a really solid multiplayer. It's a really fun multiplayer to it. Definitely should play it. Cool. Excellent. Uh, and then we got the thing that we all pretty much came the to The reason that for. anybody turned on this state of play. Uh, we got a story trailer for, well, we got a trailer for Last of Us Part 2 and a release date. What did you think of the trailer? Um, I thought the trailer was... I thought the trailer gave a lot. I thought there was a lot of story beats that kind of, well, explained already. Um, I think there's good questions. I think there's a lot of character. I saw a meme that said, I'm excited to play Red Dead Redemption Last of Us. And I was like, yeah, that makes sense. It looks like there's a lot of horse riding in the snow. Um, I think it sells the fan theory that Joel's dead. I think a Does lot more. Though? No, yeah. I think it does. Like, which both is like, okay, did they pretty much just confirm this? Or is this them Wait, just punking Do you think people? he's alive or dead? I think he's dead. You think he's dead still? I think he's dead still. Because the, the location- But he put his hand on her mouth. Yeah, but I just think it's all in her head. I think this is a story of like. Do you think it's a clear misdirect? I think the impression the that I get from the trailer is that his the girlfriend or the girl that she made out with in the previous trailer gets killed by those. Yes, that's that's cult. that's one of the story beats. I think it just kind of sells is that you'll start the game, you'll build this relationship with this girl, you'll then get into a mess of situation, and she'll die, and that sets. Ellie on this, I want to kill this group of people. And then while she's on this mission to kill this group of people by herself, she randomly runs into Joel. And then at the end of the game, you realize Joel was never there because Joel was already dead. But didn't in this previous trailer, someone mention Joel as being a hard ass? Um, I think so, but I don't know. I just think it'll be one of those things where her perception is just messed up for it. Okay. I just think, I just think, I don't know. I just, I get very Fight Club vibes from this, where it's like, is it, you know, even though I melted the moment I heard Troy Baker's voice again as Joel, I was like, I'll tell you what, that oh. was a cool moment. Yeah, I was like, oh, oh, God, what a line. What a great line oh. to use. Oh, forget everything I said a couple of weeks ago when I said you're in too many video games. <laughs> I did say that, Troy, and I'm so sorry. I love you so much. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think I'm, I'm. I'm looking forward to it. Um, Ash, what the fuck is the go with the release date? It is coming out 21st of February next year. Um, I'm going to say it off the bat. I don't like that release date purely for the fact that I'm not going to. I'm going to constantly hear that Ashley Johnson tried to leak it during that Critical Role interview. 
<laughs> even though it was meant to be a joke. <laughs> just, it, it, just validating all the fan theories. We're going to hear nothing about it for the next four months. It's it's terrible. But uh, I guess in it fits in a nice-ish spot, kind but of. I think like, it's like two, we were, three we were, weeks before we Final were, Fantasy VII Remake. All exp- I think it's two weeks before Final Fantasy Part One. Um, yeah. But I think everybody had this down as a PlayStation 5 game. And the fact... No. No, I think I thought they were going to keep it for PlayStation Five now. Like, I feel like it's really no, I was weird. Pretty confident. Them. I think it was. I don't Who know. Who knows? Just... We might get it. Might PlayStation Five might be out in February. <laughs> Fuck, that'd be insane. Um, it would. Even though The Last of Us did the same thing, The Last of Us released yep. very close to the end of the PlayStation Three life cycle, and then had a remastered version very early on in the PlayStation 4's life cycle. So I guess that makes sense. Um, but February just seems like a really fucking weird month for this. Like, I, I guess they can't, they're trying to stay away from the largest release of the year, which is Cyberpunk, which I think has a monopoly around March through to May, I think. Um, yeah. So I guess their normal March release date slot wasn't really a good option for Viable. them. So they just went, yeah. fuck it, and chucked it in February? I don't know. It just feels weird. Well, maybe it's just ready. That's why. They're like, well, yep. We know it We know it doesn't matter when we release this. It's oh, everybody's buying it. Like, everybody's going to be... Oh, like, I think, I think it's, it's... Yeah, I don't think... They could have even just today been like, hey, here's like a two-second story trailer, and we're just releasing it here. And I think everybody would Here's a TikTok like, of Last of Us 2, possibly yeah. release date. Yeah, that's literally what it could have been, and everybody was still would have been hyped. So, yeah, I thought, you know, they're doing a really good job. So, I'm excited for it. I think that was good for them. They did a um, two-hour gameplay demo for members of the media industry. So, we'll yep. hear more about that in the coming week. Um, yep, or or you would have... Next week's Platinum Explosion. You would have... We'll be talking about that. Next week's Platinum Explosion. Um, you'll be hearing it. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. I don't I mean, know if they yeah. needed a whole state of play to lead up to that, though. I, I think mean, I, they could have just dropped that and been like, yeah, this is They cool. could have, but why not make people watch that other stuff first? Yeah, I know. Let's, let's know? just bolt on the rest of this shit and just, you know. It was uh, good advertising for all those other uh, things. So, I mean, it made sense for that from that mm-hmm. perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the reason it's not coming to PS5, it's not launching with PS5 is obviously they want to get it on the most systems that they possibly can. Yeah, that's fair. This this is the point where the most PS4s are in the wild at the moment. Yep. So that's a fair Why point. would you put it on that instead of... Especially seeing as it's going to be backwards compatible, apparently. So if you buy it on PS4, you'll be able to play it on PS5. Um, yeah. It looked... the other. I want to talk about it. It looked incredibly violent. I don't... I think it looked more violent. Well, we'd already seen with the trailer that they released, was it this E3 or last E3 about the people in the woods? Last E3, they weren't here this year, so. Yeah, no, so last E3 about the people in the woods. um, Yeah. That looked violent enough, so I think that had already set the tone for this. That's like, it's going to be some shit, and I think Ellie's going to be doing, like, even, even her just, like, pulling the arrow out of her shoulder was yeah. like, oh shit, okay, we're going, you know, with her, with her shirt off, with all of the bruises and everything, and all the scars, it's like, fuck, okay, this is, this is where, this is where we're at. Okay, interesting. Yeah, 
my concern is it's going to end up being too dark and it's going to turn off people. Possibly. Like, the original game wasn't, I wouldn't say, the lightest experience. No. But, you know, there was still that father-daughter story-esque to maintain it whenever moments got too dark. Ellie would make a joke or something and sort of alleviate But I think I think this will have... Because you could say the very similar thing for Walking Dead. The as in like yeah. the Telltale game because I think it has the same thing where we've seen Ellie grow up a little bit, so we have some kind of attachment to her. So I think the violence will just make us will bring more emotions to how we feel about Ellie being stuck in the situation. Um compared to if we just this was a I think if this was a new character and we knew nothing about them and they were doing this violence, yes, the violence would turn them off. Would turn more people off. I just think a lot of people care about Ellie as it is that the violence won't have as much of an adverse ref- effect. I just think this game will probably be a little bit more divisive than possibly. The last one. But I think yep. they kind of want it to be that way. Yeah. Right. Thank you for joining us on the couch this week. Make sure you check out explosionnetwork.com for all our other shows, news, reviews, articles, and much more. Uh, review Apple Couch on Apple Podcasts. No. Reviewed Arcade Couch on Apple Podcasts or on Podchaser. Tell about the show or simply review this episode on social media and share it with your friends. Tell us what the hell is medieval and uh, Don, Don, Don Motorskew. Yeah. That would be really helpful. Uh, Tweet at uh, Viv Liddell for to in case you know. Super if you want to tweet at Viv Liddell to book in a time to do an interview about Don, um, so we can learn more about it. Yep, thank you. Uh, you can follow the Explosion Network on Twitter at ExplosionPod and join our Discord at explosionnetwork.com slash Discord. You can follow me on Twitter at Ashley Hobley, A-S-H-L-E-Y-H-O-B-L-E-Y. And you can follow Kieran on Twitter at your boy Ringo. And until next week, I guess we'll see you. No, we'll see you <laughs> next week. <laughs> same time, same couch, same level of professionalism. <laughs> word reading. Ash, I don't think we're making it to the couch next week. Dylan's going to listen to this episode and kill us for medieval comments. What? What game? Catch up on the latest TV, online media and movie news from the biggest comic book films and YouTube crazes to our local cinema scene. And then hear what we've been watching before asking the age-old question, what do you want to watch? Available on all podcast services every second Friday. Just search your podcast app for what do you want to watch and subscribe for free now. And keep watching stuff, I guess.